You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, interviews from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s with voices from the past. A lot of people approach me and they say, that, do you have a role in the derby? And say, yeah, I won. They say, which, which horse you, which year was it? And say, Barbara. They say, oh my God. Jockey Edgar Prado. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. It was an electrifying finish to the 2006 Kentucky Derby as undefeated three-year-old Barbaro won the race by the largest margin of victory in over six decades. They're coming to the finish, and it is all Barbaro in a sublime performance. He runs away from them all. Barbaro wins by seven. The jockey who guided Barbaro to victory that day was one of the world's best, the 38-year-old veteran Edgar Prado. Two weeks later, however tragedy struck at the Preakness. Just seconds into the race, Barbaro went down with a catastrophic leg injury. An astonishing development here. Barbaro's being pulled up by Edgar Prado. He is out of the race and out of the triple crown. He appears to have injured his right rear leg. Barbaro struggled for months, but eventually had to be put down. Two years later, Edgar Prado wrote a book, a love story really, called My Guy Barbaro. And that's when I had the chance to meet him and his co-author, sports writer John Eisenberg. So here now from 2008, Edgar Prado and John Eisenberg. I think it was good to tell the people the inside story, how he felt to ride on such a great horse like Barbaro, and the time that we spent together uh, off on the New Bolton Center, you know, and... And how it was now at the beginning when I started start riding it. So um, it, how we created a, a bond in, together. How did the two of you team up? We have a mutual friend. Uh, his name is Greg Scher. And uh, he, uh, he uh, called me, actually, and said, uh, uh, Edgar, you know, this was shortly after Barbaro had been put down, within weeks, and said, Edgar, what do you think about do, doing a, a book? And I said, oh, it sounds great. I mean, because I knew that was a part of the story that had really not been told. This has been an, a very emotional time for you. How much did you want to put into the book, and how much is still kind of private? Well, it's a few things that was private, no? Just, you know. You don't want to really say everything. But I think what people want to know is about what, how I feel about it, and how it, um, I got to fall in love with it, and how, I, how was my feeling when I, I won the derby. So... Uh, and, and I think it's, um, it's a great book, and um, we'll see if everybody thinks the same way. <laughs> you've, you've written thousands of horses. What makes one animal different? Well, I think because um, the talent that he has, all the qualities and the right tools to be um, a champion, and the people was waiting so long for Sida, and he showed up in the derby, you know, winning so easily. Uh, it's been, what, 40-something years since a horse win more than six lengths. So, and the way he coming back, he was just coming back like he just was walking the park, you know. I think he really bring, bring, gave me the biggest thrill of my career. And uh, that's that's why it, um, I kind of fall in love with him. But I really fall in love with him before he won the derby, you know. You know, when I first saw him in, um, in uh, the Lord of Futurity. 
Yeah, you saw him just not a few miles from here in, in Laurel, Maryland. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I come here and uh, I... Or, le- or at least you saw his rear end. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I saw him in the, in the powder. I took a good, good glance at him. But then I definitely, his rear end was getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> John, you remember the first time you saw Barbaro? Well, the first time uh, live that I saw Barbaro was at the Derby. And uh, I wasn't at any of the, uh, the, the, pre-re- you know, the pre-Derby races. And so... I was there that day, actually, uh, writing for the Baltimore Sun, and uh, actually wrote my column that day on Edgar because, you know, of his time. I'm in, writing in Baltimore, and and he had a long Maryland connection from having lived here for all these years, and has a lot of fans and family here, and a lot of local ties. So I, I wrote that column that day. When you speak of fans, I don't know if I've ever seen such a huge number of fans of a horse. I mean, this is. I mean, everybody knows the horses, and they like them. But they love Barbara. Why? Well, I guess, you know, like I said before, you know, the whole story behind, you know, Barbara winning so easy. Michael Mance, you know, he saved a few kids, you know, in the plane crash, you know. And uh, the expectation to see a triple crown. They've been waiting for so long. And the sport needs a hero. So, and plus, I rode in Maryland for so many years, you know, it, it could have been nice um, if I come here and won the race, you know. Would I be correct in guessing that if you won the Triple Crown for the next 10 years running, that you'd still be best known for Barbaro? Absolutely. I never saw that a lot of people approach me and they say, do you ever roll in the derby? And say, yeah, I won. They say, well, which, which horse you, which year was it? And say, Barbaro. They say, oh, my God, you know? But they all, as you say in the book, they also always say, oh, what a sad ending to that story. Yeah, definitely, no. But, you know, you have to put the, uh, everything together and find out the good, good, the good side of the story, you know, and, and, and the, the results of everything that come out, out of that story, you know. And, and it's been great results. We have the FOB, the Friends of Barbara, you know. We have a uh, um, Laminitis Foundation. There, um, I don't think any foundation... It makes so much money in the next in less than six months. I got about three millions already, just just for nominators. And uh, they they've been sending a lot of good horses to New Bolton that before they don't have any chance. You know, they they don't they don't thought about it to give it an, another opportunity. The whole, now New Bolton is taking the, the the next step to to give it, uh, the horse another opportunity to survive. After this short break. What did Edgar Prado say to Barbaro when he went down? Now back to my 2008 interview with Edgar Prado. What did you say to Barbaro when when you pulled up, you, you got down off because you realized something was terribly wrong? What did you say to him? I didn't really say much to him. You know? I was shocked and I was just looking and staring at his at his legs, you know, and hopefully that that there wasn't no blood running anywhere, you know, and that was my main concern, you know. I went completely blank, you know, just looking the mo- my most concern was looking after his safe, you know, safety and no there wasn't no thoughts about anything else. But what what a mark of an intelligent animal that that he realized you weren't there to make it worse, you were there to make it better. Well, he know he he knew that because um, after I started, I started pulling up, 
uh, he uh, he didn't put a much fight, you know. He come back to me and he let me jump off the horse and take the saddle off. And he wasn't moving, you know. I mean, a horse all pumped up with all the energy, all the adrenaline running all over his body. He knew that he wasn't troubling. He uh, realized that he needed some help. John, I'm sure you've seen horses in trouble before who didn't act that way. Oh, well, the vast majority of them, and Edgar's been on, what, I think three dozen that have, at least that have broken down, and uh, I'm sure, uh, yes, they, I mean, it's incredibly upsetting, agitated, it's a horrible situation, so they often get agitated. You know, Barbara was, uh, I mean, what Edgar said throughout all, the whole interview process was he, he, he in- intuitively understood all along, he made it easy for him. So what goes through your mind when you see eight bells go down. Yeah, like I said before, it's like a flashback, you know, seeing something like that happen to a horse after that great effort, you know, competing real hard and, and show the, the heart of a champion. And uh, um, I was looking at a horse and hopefully uh, at the filly, and hopefully she, hopefully she was okay, you know. I took my time and I was keep looking at the horse and when I saw that she couldn't get up, I know it was, um, she was in trouble. And uh, I feel real bad known for the horse, and, you know, and it was like a flashback for the 2006. Have you ever known another horse as good at, on both turf and dirt as Barbaro? Big Brown. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, he's a very nice horse, you know. He, he, he won in the turf, coming back in uh, there and win. So he's very done. He's following a similar path, path that Barbaro did, you know. Now, Barbaro has a little brother, I understand. Right, Nicanor uh, is a two-year-old this year and, will, and is going to hit the races pretty soon, I think. So, uh, same trainer, right? But is it, and I don't want to put too fine a point on this, but is it like after you've lost a child, you might have another child, but it's never the same thing. Oh, yeah, never, but the expectation is still big, you know? You know, you want to have something that could follow the footsteps, you know, even through the distance. But you never know. You know that um, sometimes you, as you artist, you know, it runs in your blood and maybe continue to do it, you know. Is it strange to you, though, that Nicanor looks like Barbaro? He does look pretty much like, you know. The only thing that his white mouth is a little smaller. Yeah. His body's pretty much the same, little legged, you know. But hopefully, it, um, he realizes uh, what to do in there. In, in, uh, Mike did the same job that he did with Barbara. Edgar Prado will be 55 this Sunday. He lives in Hollywood, Florida. And you can find easy Amazon links to Edgar Prado's book at our website, HeardEverything.com. And while you're at HeardEverything.com, be sure and listen to all of the other interviews we've posted so far this season. This is our fourth season. And you can also find all of our interviews from seasons one, two, and three. There's hundreds of them at HeardEverything.com. And, of course, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find us on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, she's one of the most visible television journalists. But just a few years ago, it didn't look like Mika Brzezinski had much future in TV news at all. So next time on Now I've Heard Everything, my 2010 interview with Mika Brzezinski. They were asking me to do nightly news, the Today Show, other things on top of it, this and that. And I said, no, you want me to do Morning Joe? Then I need to come in and do Morning Joe, and then I need to go home and work on Morning Joe, making bookings for Morning Joe. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. 